You're listening to The B-Side, a podcast of Blessed Hope Community Church. Hey, this is Malia, your host as usual, and today I'm joined by Pastor Matt. Hi. <laughs> that was a little more enthusiastic Johnny today. on the spot. Yes. I'm, I was ready. I waited for it. I knew it was coming. <laughs> I feel like a little slow and tired today with the time change and everything that has... I swear I never used to really notice it before, but the last few years, like, it's a struggle. Listen, listen. <laughs> it's one hour how many times in your life but how many times in your life but does it really because how many times in your life have you stayed awake an extra hour or woken up an hour early yeah i mean it's i don't know my body like the whole (laughs) rhythm is like thrown off and i'm just extra tired here's the thing i don't sleep well (laughs) anyway so it's easy for me to be like oh it's no big deal it's just an hour i was awake I was going to be awake. It just is what it is. So, And maybe more so for me because I have a very, like, scheduled sleep pattern. Yeah. You know, I go to bed about the same time. I get up about the same time. And so, you know, whenever your regular schedule is interrupted, it kind of messes with you a little bit. Hopefully you'll bounce back. I'm sure I will. Tyler was actually saying, um, Mom. I checked to see when daylight savings ends, and he's like, it's not for, like, how many more months? And I was like, yeah, dude. Is this the first time he's ever really paid attention to it? Yeah, and I'm like, trust me, we'll get used to it. It'll be okay. (laughs) But he was kind of, like, put off by it. He's like, I thought it was only a week. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, That's so funny. Yeah. Oh, kids. Um, So we are, you said on Sunday, right? We're about halfway point? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, there are 16 chapters in in the Mm -hmm. book of 1 Corinthians. And so we just finished chapter 8. So Perfect. As far as the letter goes and the way that it's been broken out chapter verse, we're halfway through. Now in the sermon series, we have a couple of more weeks before we're halfway. Oh, okay. Uh, There are 24 weeks in the series, and we just finished week number um, 11. Okay. So. Perfect. So we've got one more week, and then that's halfway. Okay. Man, I'm curious. Like we've been getting such good feedback about the sermon series, so yeah, um, I, yeah. I'm curious how people are feeling about it. I know, like this past Sunday, especially was was really good for me because I think the way I interpreted the text, just from my own reading, it, it was a little different actually like what it really means than what I interpreted it. So I learned a lot. I took a lot of notes this week. Well, I'm curious, uh, you know, I mean, you're, you're the one driving the bus here, but if, if we've got time to Mm -hmm. to share a little bit Mm -hmm. of of that about how it, how it differed. Um, I did hear from a few people this week. It's not unusual for me to hear a little feedback here and there. Um, but I think I heard from a few more people this week, um, than normal. Um, and none of them were mad, which was good. David get any um, um, David did not get any angry emails. That was unfair of me to do that to him, but um, it was still fun. Yeah. Um, but I, I heard from a few people that that this helped clarify some of the controversial issues that they'd been thinking about or how they'd have been thinking about them. So uh, that at least I, I think was a little bit encouraging for me that um, 
you know, that, that maybe there was some, some new way of thinking for folks. Yeah, definitely. I think for me, the addition of taking your conscience into mm-hmm. play there always, I guess I always landed with that. It was more of a, I don't even know how to explain it. Um, less spiritual kind of thing. And so that was really interesting to me. And I really like, that was really cool to think like how something can feel um, like it goes against my conscience um, and, and be something that's totally um, not salvific, not something that's um, moral or not moral, mm-hmm. um, and then be opposite for someone else and how sin comes into play there too. Like that was, that was very thought provoking and we yeah. talked a lot about it at our small group that night too. And so, um, it just really, it was good. Good. Well, I, I'm glad. I think because when it comes to these gray areas, right, like, like there is a Christian kind of like idea that it's like, well, if it's gray, let's just stay away from it. Right. And so we should avoid. But, but I mean, that really negates freedom mm-hmm. that we have. And, and the problem with a gray area is that um, if we're going to always set ourselves at the lowest common denominator of freedom, like in the room, mm-hmm. somebody is always going to want to be more restrictive. And so pretty soon we're going to end up living um, this very like just um, <laughs> restricted um, rule oriented lifestyle. And that's exactly what Christ is coming to free them from. Um, you know, because between you and I, we might, we might draw the line here, um, you know, just here in the office. Um, but somebody else would draw a line lower than that. And if, if our general thing is, Hey, we're just going to find out where the line is and get under it. Mm -hmm. Um, we're just, there will be, there will be no freedoms in Christ and, uh, what he died to accomplish, which was spirit led living, right. And growing, um, is, is going to be negated. So, um, yeah, well, I'm glad it, I'm glad it garnered some, some conversation. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think they always do every week. Um, but this one in particular, I think was, was definitely like, huh, okay. You know, you know I wonder, cause my small group meets and we have great discussion. It's mm-hmm. been, I've had a really fun, we had a double semester. Mm-hmm. Um, so our group of 10 folks has been together since since what, September. Yeah, isn't that nice? It is nice. Yeah. Um, it's kind of old school there. Yeah. And, and yeah, hopefully like we can it. do some more of that for people that, that want to. Um, so we've had just a really good connection. And, um, you know, we'll have our discussion that's that's um, planned. But then it just goes in any number of ways. But it's always focused on faith and living a life of faith and whatever. But it's interesting. We meet Sunday nights. We never talk about the sermon. Oh, really? So I wonder if people are like... Um, <laughs> They're like, oh, we don't, we don't want to ask questions because because yeah. Matt's here or yeah, whatever, can't roast him. right? Like, so, so I wonder <laughs> I if there that. would be more because it's a very spiritual discussion. But sure. I wonder if there would be more about the Sunday sermon if I wasn't a part of it. Yeah, hmm. Um, yeah. Hmm. Who knows? Well, so this week, um, David is preaching. Yeah, um, he wasn't able to be here this morning to join us, but um, I kind of I read his little. Uh, Mm-hmm. like blurb on what the sermon is going to be. And so I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be really good. So maybe um, maybe this. How is this section of text that we're going to be working through on Sunday, um, how does it kind of connect to what we were just 
talking about this past Sunday and, and how is it different? So actually chapters eight, nine, and 10 are all connected. They're all Paul's answer to the question uh, about food sacrifice to idols. Um, and so in chapter eight, he kind of gives an overview, but you'll notice the last thing he says in eight um, is, as for me, I will never eat meat if it's going to make a brother stumble. And then he goes on in chapter nine and he starts continuing that thought. You know, he says, I'll never eat meat if it makes my brother stumble. And then he says, am I not free though? Right? I'm an apostle. Um, and he starts talking about his rights as an apostle and what he should be able to expect as their spiritual father. Uh, but then he talks about the fact that he has surrendered those rights for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of the weak and for the sake of making sure that there are no other barriers between somebody and the cross. And so as we get into nine, that's really what Paul will focus on is he will give himself as a personal example of what he just told them to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, um, you know, I think they won't be able to say, I think the idea is they won't be able to say, well, that's easy for you to say, Paul, you're not here anymore. Right. And he's going to remind them, hey, don't you remember the way I lived when I was with you? Uh, and whatever we do, we're doing it for God's glory. And all of these things are true. And uh, so mm-hmm. so it, it really is very connected. Yeah. I know when I was reading through it, um, the question, like all the questions mm-hmm. in this section, like I counted 19 questions. That he asks them. That like, that are kind of rhetorical in nature. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they're, and, and so they're not meant to be shaming. Okay. But they kind yeah. of are. They, okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Like, like, so I, I, it'll be, this, I, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to hearing Pastor David break this apart for yeah. us. Because, you, you know, it's one of those things where Paul is not guilty here of boasting. Mm-hmm. What he is doing is he is, again, using himself as an object lesson. Uh, and, and pastors do that all the time, right? They use themselves as object lessons. Um, unfortunately for me, most of the time when I use myself as an object lesson, it's about how I've screwed it up <laughs> because, because I screw up more than I do well. Um, Paul, however, is able to use himself here as a positive. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so his questions are meant to be biting and sarcastic to a degree. Um, because what's happening is the people in Corinth, the, the strong, wise people, um, are saying, hey, we can use our freedoms, and we are wise, and we have knowledge, and so we can do these things without worrying about it, even though it's crushing the faith of some of their weaker, more immature Christians. Mm-hmm. And so then Paul starts to say, like, look, aren't I free? Aren't I mature? Aren't I strong? Aren't I an apostle? You know, and so so kind of putting himself on their level and, and kind of reminding them that he, has, he yeah, is the authority. authority. Yeah. And yeah. even though in his knowledge and his authority, he knows truth, he knows freedom, he is letting it go and sacrificing. And this is the chapter, like we may not know chapter nine in first Corinthians, but typically we know the verse, right? I become all things yeah. to all men for the sake uh, that, I, that I might save a few, right? Where's that? Uh, verse it was 18. End, I think kind of. Yeah. Verse 19. For, for though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant yeah. to all that I might win more of them. To the Jews, I become a Jew to win Jews. 
um, to, to those outside of the law, those Gentiles, I act like a Gentile, right? Like Paul saying, I have the freedom to, to act as a Jew, the freedom to act as a Gentile, the freedom to do all of these mm-hmm. things because they're not about salvation. Mm-hmm. He says, so instead of just being free to do whatever I want, I'm going to be free to do whatever I need to do to help win some. Right. Um, and so he's just, he's just basically talking about, um, in chapter eight, they're asking about what freedoms they have. In chapter nine, he's telling them, yeah, you have freedoms. Use them for the glory of God, not for yourself. Right. So it's, right. It, it, it's basically all very connected. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we had two hours um, to preach a message <laughs> on Sunday, we would have put them together. Yeah. Um, one of the translations I read um, for the section you were just um, talking about mm-hmm. that starts in verse 19 yeah. um, said like that he didn't take on their way of life but entered their world to experience things from their point of view. Yeah, like, but I think he did. Uh, well, I think I'd push back against that. Mm-hmm. I, I think he I don't did. Know if that was either NLT or the message. It I think he did enter their way of life mm-hmm. to a degree, right? When yeah. he was with the Jews, he lived like a Jew. Mm-hmm. That's taking on their way of life, right? Like yeah. he Now, does that mean he went to the temple to offer sacrifices and those things, not necessarily. So um, he didn't go to that degree, but you know right. what? He followed their eating restrictions, Sure. right? He, he ate clean food, not unclean food. He followed the ceremonial um, cleansing and hand washing before he would eat. Like he did those things that were very Jewish because what he wanted the focus to be was on the gospel, not on his behavior. Right. Right. And so so he did adopt those. And when he went with the Gentiles, he didn't do ceremonial hand washing before they ate. He didn't he didn't, you know insist they all be circumcised. Right. He didn't do those things because guess what? He wanted the message to be about the gospel of right. Jesus Christ, not about the things that he right. was doing. Right. And, and but I to think, be clear, he wasn't like going to participate in anything sinful. No, 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 no. He would right. never sin, but right. but he would he would participate in their their community, right? Sure. Like like so he would he would adopt the amoral customs. So I, I guess what I mean by that, well, I guess amoral is probably pretty self-explanatory, but, but he would adopt the, the amoral customs. He wouldn't do the things that were immoral, uh, but, but he would fit in with them. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's a good distinction. Sure. So going back um, to earlier in Chapter 9 where he talks about um, working for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, is he? I like, just heard this... Huey Lewis in the news, by the way, <laughs> in my head when you said that. I gotta sing it. Um, is he talking about like? Is there a tie to missionary support here, or no? Is that? Not I think there's saying? a tie to pastoral support okay. here, um, okay. and so um, I, I think basically what Paul's saying is, look, as your. Um, I, I was there. I was establishing the church. I was leading the church. I was entitled, um, but. I didn't want to be a burden to you. I didn't want it to be about anything other than the gospel. And so I worked, <laughs> you know, I did these things and, and Paul was a tent maker. And yeah, I was going to say, never, I don't remember if that was in this book or uh, another book another, where he talks about that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know how hard it was to be a tent maker, but I can't imagine it was easy because uh, if it was easy, everybody would have done it. And so Paul basically is saying, look, I, I labored 
doubly, right? I labored um, to make a living. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, I labored to minister to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And and basically what he's saying is there is precedence, and and he's referencing it to um, a minister of, of the word, uh, and a leader, you know, being compensated for that work because it can be vocational work, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't have to be. Okay. So, but you know, one of the things that I, I in, in retrospect, I'm thinking about from chapter eight, you know, as we went over that um, that that passage or that that chapter on Sunday, um, is there's a couple things that I wish um, I would have clarified a little better. Ooh, yeah. Um, not that I, I feel like I did them disservice, but we just kind of didn't push ahead. And, and part of that's the time restriction and part of it's just me being flighty, um, <laughs> and, and losing, you know, losing train of thought. But so, so there's Will a, you like make jokes sometimes. And I think you're like, yeah, that was, that was funny. That's good. <laughs> you uh, lose train of thought. I do. Right. Like, like wow. Uh, but I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Turns out I'm clever. The footloose, uh, the footloose reference. Yeah. 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 Good. Well, I mean, it's a perfect example of this yeah. kind of thing. Um, you know, I, for the longest time, whenever I called my brother, um, when I first became a pastor, mm-hmm. um, my ringtone was Footloose and John Lithgow's picture from that movie. Uh, he was the pastor of that town. His picture would show up um, when awesome. I called. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what that says about him or me, but <laughs> that's what happened. Um, but, but, there's a couple things, you know, there's a couple things that, that maybe deserve a little more attention. So one is the mm-hmm. idea of conscience and what that is uh, and what that isn't and how it differs from heart. Okay. Um, because, um, you know, we know Jeremiah, the, the human yep. heart is, is wicked. I know that, that could feels, have been our quote this week. And it I feels, not thank you. I appreciate that. It feels mean to say. Yeah. Right, but it, it's so true. It is so I true. Mean, but on. I do get, I get, I get a lot of questions, and and I understand them. It says, well, but what about the redeemed heart? Mm-hmm. Like we are made new in Christ. Isn't our heart better now? Yes, um, but it's still fleshy. It's still right. Simple. And and when we say heart, like like you know, we have to understand what we're saying, right? We're not talking about that that organ that pumps blood and oxygen through your body. We're we're talking about um, your passions. And yes, our passions can be redeemed, and yes, our passions can be focused, but that part of us is always going to be fighting the flesh. And frankly, that is the enemy's way to, to manipulate and in a lot of times. And so, um, and, and we also just know that when people say follow your heart, basically what they mean is um, forget the rules, right? Just do what makes you happy. And oftentimes we think what will make us happy is wrong. Uh, the, the place I hear it most often is in terms of relationships, you know, people wanting to be with somebody that they're not supposed to be with people wanting to leave their marriages to go somewhere else. People, people wanting to engage in, in all kinds of things. And, and, and they say, well, it makes me happy and I deserve to be happy. And so I just want to follow my heart. And, and then I can say, you know what? God knew you would say that. Mm-hmm. And here's what he told you in advance: the human heart is wicked, um, and it doesn't understand, and, and, and it's it, it's it's wrong. But conscience, right, conviction—that's God ordained. 
Mm-hmm. That's God ordained. Now, now I know the pushback. Yeah, I liked your uh, definition. The, the gateway, that. right? Yeah. yeah. So, so I think, um, and thank you for liking that. And so, really, what we're saying is, hey, John MacArthur, thank you. Okay, uh, thank for you, that definition. Um, <laughs> Because but he, that was helpful. Because he helped me understand that better mm-hmm. as I prepped and, and, and have done some work there. But um, I think one of the things to understand is, is where people get confused about conscience is because they think, well, then all I ever have to do is follow my conscience. And some people have no conscience. Right. Or, or their conscience, they feel justified and allowed to do things that are not to be. And so here's, here's what I would say to, to that question is that your conscience, when you are pursuing God, is safe to follow. Mm-hmm. When you are not pursuing God actively, your conscience will betray you. Sure. Um, because it, it, the Holy Spirit is not powerful in my life, and the Holy Spirit isn't maybe actively working the way that he would desire. I've grieved him, and, and, and I'm not listening to him, and so my conscience can lead me astray if I'm not careful. Um, if I'm not being spiritual, but if my goal is to honor God and my goal is to do what God wants me to do, then following my conscience is a safe thing to do, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I know sometimes it gets confusing, conscious and mm-hmm. heart, and mm-hmm. um, but, but I think we can define them differently. Sure. One is fleshly driven, one is right. spirit driven. Well, and I think maybe another piece to that too is... Um, when you're actively chasing after God and seeking him, you are in a community of people that are doing the mm-hmm. same. And so not only do you have your conscience to help um, with those things, but you have a community of believers that are going to be right there and call things out to you if yes. maybe you're a little wonky there still. They'll help you sharpen yeah. Um, yeah. And, and hone. And and that's why this is so careful, right? Because that's what was happening, I think, to a large degree is is people were following their conscience, but they were they were putting their conscience on each other, and that doesn't work. And, right. and I think that's the thing we have to agree, because we all think that we're doing what's right. And so our general assumption is if I'm doing what's right and you're not doing it, then you're not doing what's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's this this tension that comes from a maybe even a good place, uh, sure. but it leads to disunity. It leads to hard feelings. It can lead to arrogance and sin and all of these things. And and so I think that's where we have to be real careful. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think we have to define weakness better. Um, I, I I think I said this. But I always think maybe when it comes to sermons and things that because there's a lot of information and not a lot of time, we only pick up certain things or we can only really focus on certain things. So I don't want anybody ever to walk away feeling like if my conscience tells me that's a bad idea, that means I'm weak. That's not what I was suggesting. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when your conscience says don't drink alcohol, that doesn't make you weak. Right, it makes you weak when um, one of two things happens: when you try to, because you're sure that's the way that everybody has to live, and so you try to impose that on everyone. Right, that's weakness. Right, 
or when you allow yourself to be convinced to do it even though you think it's wrong, that's weakness. If you are privately, and this, I love the way he says this in Romans. I, I think I put that slide on there on Romans 11. He's like, look, if you've decided it's right, then... Just keep that to yourself and and be fine. If you've decided that it's wrong, then blessings for not acting on it, Mm -hmm. right? Like, like it's not weakness to make a decision for yourself and then follow it through. Um, So I don't ever want people to be convinced that I'm – or or to to be confused thinking I'm calling them weak because Mm -hmm. they they refuse to to indulge in something. Like that's, you know, sure. that's that's between them and God, and, and that's a matter of conscience, and that's great. Uh, it's just the imposing on other people that I that I start to to struggle right. with. Um, yeah, I you know I I know that you uh, thought that the vaccine example was going to be super like <laughs> controversial, starting some fights, but I thought it was a perfect example that was really relevant to what's happening right now. Yeah, well. Um, all over social media. I know. And, it, it, and then I saw something um, later that day somewhere um, that said, like, if we're so busy, you know, as Christians, if we're busy with our platforms on these kinds of things, like whether we should get the vaccine or not get the vaccine or, you know, even if it's alcohol or whatever, um, no one's going to listen to us when it comes to the important things. Yeah, that's my problem. I think I've referenced that before with drawing lines in the sand that God doesn't draw. Mm-hmm. Because if, if, if it's if it's a line that we are humanly drawing, that's legalistic. And yeah. if that's what I'm focused on, if that's where I'm drawing the lines, then why why will people pay attention to me when I draw lines that God does draw? Yeah. You know, um, it's what Paul means when he says, I will not be a stumbling block to anyone. He says it in a different way, like that, that Christ is the cornerstone and um, that people must trip over. <laughs> Right, like, yeah. and we think about, oh, we don't people tripping over Christ. What does that mean? <laughs> but simply, it means that if you want to get to salvation, you are going to have to deal with Jesus. Yeah, you should not have to deal with Matt's opinions. Right, right. Getting to salvation has nothing to do with whether you agree with Matt. It has to do with Jesus. And so, we as Christians, we do have to be really, really careful. That's why I mentioned marijuana. And I know mm-hmm. some people were like, "Hey, will you talk more about that?" <laughs> um, and and maybe, um, yeah. and maybe that's a podcast. You know, Pastor David and I can have yeah, together because I know he good. might he might yeah. feel differently right. um, about the the use of marijuana than I do. And now, here's the thing: like, as long as it is illegal. We should say and can say as Christians that we will not partake in it because we read in the Bible that we are to follow the law as Mm -hmm. long as the law does not violate God's commands. And in this instance, uh, following the law means that we in Iowa refrain. However, a lot of states have started legalizing it, um, and the trend is that Iowa will be next, right, Um, and that it will soon be legal. And so the question is, as Christians, is that okay for us? It's a gray area in Scripture. Is it okay for us? And and here's my issue. I refuse to draw a line where a line does not biblically exist. And the line that biblically exists is that we will not be intoxicated. And so I will always draw the line that says you are not to be intoxicated or controlled by anything other than the Holy Spirit of God. 
Um, and, and that's the line I'll live on. And so if you ask, well, what does that mean for alcohol? Well, for alcohol, it means that you should not be drunk. What does that mean for marijuana? Well, it means you should not be high. Um, are there times and places to use that in an other way, whether it's medicinal or um, a sleep aid or whatever? I, sure. I, I don't know. I haven't done sure. that, and I don't know the answer to that. But but I would say that the line that we draw, and it's for the very reason that it's all about Jesus and it's all about the lines that God draws, the line we draw is drunkenness and intoxication and control, not these other arbitrary things. Uh, and I know that that leaves a lot of questions yeah. um, and well, a lot and of gray so area. individualized, too. And, and this is the yeah. thing. My strong feeling, like, so so in nowhere are you hearing me say that I think people should use marijuana. Right. No, I'm not saying that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, my strong feeling, my personal conviction may be that, no, I, I, I don't want that. And I'm not going to participate in that. However... Right, me drawing that line for other people, I think, is this perfect idea of what Paul's yeah. talking about here. And what he's saying is, you know, you don't get to decide, right, somebody else's conscience for them. Sure. And so I think it it, it becomes a real clear thing that we have to navigate. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. a good example. And, and I, well, it, it was it was too easy to not bring up, but yeah. then I didn't want to dwell there because then we would have never got finished. <laughs> so I know that left people wondering like, well, we'll time out. Yeah. Like, yeah. what does that mean? What are, is it okay? Is it not okay? And, uh-huh. and, and that's one that's going to cause the church, honestly, yeah. it's going to cause the church some problems. Yeah. Um, because there are going to be people some... People are going to draw hard lines. They are going to draw hard lines. And I want them to draw hard lines yeah. for themselves, yeah. right? It's the same with the vaccine. Mm-hmm. I get if somebody says, I will not have the vaccine because it either stemmed from, see, here's the problem, right? It either had these abortion cells that are yeah. part of it, yeah. or even the vaccines that didn't have those abortion cells, they tested it using abortion cells. So so really, you know, whether whether it's in your vaccine or not, your vaccine, if you're getting one, has been born from um, using some of these cells mm-hmm. that have been grown from from an abortion long since past. So I, I get I, I get the yeah, question absolutely. about why that might not be okay. But I also understand that that that, that is not a blanket statement for me to make that it is wrong for you to have it. It's an individual mad matter of conscience. And so we talk about drawing hard lines, draw them, mm-hmm. but draw them for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, the only lines we draw for other people or for public, you know, are the lines that God draws and he does draw lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so there are things that, and that's another question I, I get is, well, if, if that can be true for drinking alcohol, if that can be true for watching a movie that has curse words in it or watching a movie where people have sex, like if all of that can be true there, why can't it be true over here with um, homosexuality? Or why can't it be true over here with um, living with a significant other outside of marriage? Why can't those things be true? Because those are lines that God draws. That's the difference. Um, we can say those things with definitiveness because God says them with definitiveness. Um, the other things he doesn't, and so we can't. 
If that, I mean, I, I know that's a recap, but it's just some of the yeah. questions I'd had already from just a day and a half ago. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, that's super helpful, I think. And um, I would just encourage people if they have more questions or if this conversation mm. has sparked even more questions like yeah definitely reach out don't or, let those go or even if you disagree yeah. right like like there's no problem with having healthy dialogue yeah like, we love actually doing that oh absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. And, and and i i don't suggest that i'm right about every way of, of viewing things and so um good dialogue can go different ways and, and, and you know and and we can all be sharpened and, and matured and, and whatever but but the issue is and and even if so, so going back to this idea, right? Like, like I may restrict freedoms. Paul says, I won't eat meat, right? If it's going to cause somebody to stumble, that doesn't mean Paul isn't going to keep teaching. He always teaches the truth about freedom. So it, it's not to say that we can't keep sharpening and encouraging each other. It's just that we sharpen and encourage each other um, without without rubbing things in each other's faces. And mm-hmm. so if somebody disagrees with me on a topic and you want to have the, and and we want to have the dialogue and the discussion, let's have the dialogue and the discussion. Mm-hmm. Let's sharpen each other in that way. Um, that's different than drawing an arbitrary line and saying, Hey, you have to follow this line. Cause I drew it. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's good. For sure. That's good. All right. Well, I am looking forward to this Sunday. Yeah, I think this and, Sunday will be great. Yeah. I think we'll have a lot of good um, things that Pastor David will bring to us. And then even when we get to chapter 10, um, we're going to keep moving forward in this. The, the topic will switch a little bit to idolatry, um, but but we're still moving forward in this idea of uh, freedom and what can we do and what can we not do. And, you know, the big, you know, the big verse that we all know in chapter 10, right? Just chapter nine is I become all things to all people Mm -hmm. so I can win a few. Yeah. Also the running to obtain the prize, I think is really popular. Uh, In in chapter 10, it's this, you know, we, we get to this point that we do all things for the glory of God, right? Whatever we do, we do it to the glory of God. If we eat, we do it to the glory of God. We drink, we do it to the glory of God. Um, and so we'll deal with all of that. And, and, uh, you know, this is, this is Paul's real hard push to understand our freedoms well and to use our freedoms for the sake of Christ, not to puff ourselves yeah. up. Cool. Well, so. I know we've got some good guests lined up for, I think the next, um, few podcasts yeah. kind of sporadically yeah. in there so looking forward to that yeah that'll and... be fun as we talk about idolatry and yeah. talk about the gifts of the spirit because boy once head we get, coverings once we yeah once we get <laughs> past chapter 10 then there's new questions sure. right we talk about like what's the role for women in the church mm-hmm. and i think mm-hmm. um you know that's a hard one, and yeah. I can't wait to talk about that. It's and I, be fun. I hope people will will really, uh, regardless of of where they're coming from, that they'll really yeah. focus in there because because here's the deal: um, the restrictions that exist are less strict than people think they are, right? Um, and the encouragements that exist are more. Um, <laughs> broad than I think people realize. And so part of this is reading in context and what are we doing and remembering that Paul's answering specific questions, but also they have a broader base. Oh, it's going to be fun for me anyway. (laughs) Oh, it'll be fun all around. All right. (laughs) All right. I'm excited. I kind of want to skip ahead there now (laughs) as we started talking about it. Thanks for listening.